0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Just a Physician, the podcast where you explore mental health, vulnerability, and life experiences experiences, featuring creators you know and love. And today's creator, I started watching your videos like I think it's like been two years and it's been so cool to see you just blow up and especially the type of content you create. And I'm sure all of you guys who are watching or listening already know who she is. Samantha Lux. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Oh
1: my God. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. You know, I know you're all the way out in Hawaii. I wish I could have flown out, but you know, we'll settle for virtual.
0: Yeah. Virtual. Where are you located by the way? Are you in New York?
1: No, I'm like, I'm on the um, Eastern time zone,
0: but I'm like an hour outside of Boston. Oh my gosh, I love Boston. That's super cool. Oh, nice. Well, thank you so much for tuning in virtually all all the way from, you know, an hour away from Boston. I'm really excited to have you on because (laughs) you're content and your story is super cool. And one of the things that's so refreshing, like anyone who hasn't, you know, watched your videos, um, I first love for you to like do a little bit of an introduction and kind of like explain your content and a little bit of your story just for, you know, the, the very, very few who may not know, you know, who you are.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Uh, So my name is Samantha Lux. I use she, her pronouns. And um, the content that I create is mostly LGBT focused, mostly trans focused. So I do a lot of commentary on, you know, maybe some people that I find problematic, some shows (laughs) that I might like or not like. Um, But yeah, lots of trans centered content, lots of women's rights centered content, LGBT centered content, you know, the good stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's so in your videos, you do a lot of reactions to, you know, different, you know, perspectives, opinions, content surrounding, you know, like the LGBTQIA plus community, as well as, you know, um, trans individuals. And one of the reasons I love watching your content is because you are definitely not afraid to just say your thoughts. Um, but it's always also the way that you kind of speak your personal opinions or your personal viewpoints is always Uh, very eloquent and I think you do such a good job of like speaking to these issues in a way that is able to kind of like, um, I think, present a lot of these things in a very logical format in a way that's, you know, maybe I think easy to understand for, you know, maybe people l- like me who cannot relate to, you know, the, the trans experience or, you know, people outside of even the queer community. Um, it's really, really cool to watch your content. And that's why I always like tune into your videos just because I'm like, OK, I want to hear what your thoughts are. Like, what are your opinions? Oh. And it's, it's really encouraging.
1: Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. That's, that's really nice that you said that because it's kind of my goal, you know, I want to make the content fun and enjoyable and entertaining, but also digestible. Mm-hmm. And like, I wanted to be able to have an impact on people that, like you said, aren't deep in the
0: community like myself. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's impressive, I think, on my end to be able to see the way that you speak to issues because, like, you know, um, I don't agree with some viewpoints uh, that people have when it comes to, you know, like queer people talking about, you know, queer identity um, and, you know, like trying to make it, you know, um, appealing or interesting to straight people or like blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. I don't believe in, like, doctoring your content or your opinions in order to appeal to the masses, but at the same time. I really respect that you're able to kind of separate, um, you know, a, a lot of say intense emotions that, you know, we as individuals within the queer community naturally feel when we see people attacking or dissecting or breaking down. Um, our community or our identities and you're able to really present it in in a way that I think can be better understood uh, to where people can have more empathy and understanding and really want to listen to what not only your personal experiences have been but you know experiences of trans people or you know, Queer people at large, so it's really cool, and that's hard to do because everything I'm sure in you Uh wants to just be like, "Dad, these stupid people, I can't take this," you know. (laughs) But you do such a good job. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely.
1: I I try to bite my tongue when I want to, you know, (laughs) yell at some people, but some people just deserve to be yelled at, you know.
0: Completely agree. Um,
1: Yeah, but no, I I really appreciate that you say that. I should have come on this podcast sooner. You're <laughs> hyping me up so much. I really appreciate no, it. I just love <laughs> it.
0: I really respect you and thank you again for coming on. Before we get into like you know the juicy deep questions that I'm really excited to you know ask you about and get your opinion on, um, we first have to talk about skincare because skincare is the root of everything. <laughs> I want to ask you like what uh, your no, of, course. of course obviously I want to ask you what your personal. <laughs> skincare horror story is like what is the worst thing that you have done to your skin and how does it compare what is the juxtaposition of what you did then versus your skincare routine now like tell me about your skincare routine now as well
1: i'm 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 glad that you're saying comparing it to it now because (laughs) it's definitely improved a lot like i've come a long way so you know um (laughs) i think that before i transitioned it's interesting because my skin was so so different before Um, I never had a lot of acne. I never had, like, problematic skin. So I I was very rough on my skin. Mm. I would sleep in my makeup every single night. Like, I would wake up, take a washcloth with some, like, water or Oof. something, just, like, scrub it off. Oof. Just not the things. Yeah, just <laughs> not healthy or effective, honestly. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, my skin was rough. And then once I started estrogen and stuff, it was really cool to see the changes and everything like that. My mm-hmm. skin got a lot softer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also noticed it was a lot more sensitive and yeah, I actually no, had no. to take care of it. Yeah. Um, so I started, you know, using a cleanser. I started taking my makeup off before bed, you know, like the basics. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I also used like uh, a chemical exfoliant. Yay. Thanks to you. I'm pretty sure that you recommended it to me at oh, one good. point. <laughs> um, yeah. And then like a, a moisturizer I use now. Mm-hmm um, sunscreen, of course, all the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I've made a full 180.
0: Yeah. No, that's, Hey, that's great to hear. And it's cool to hear your perspective, you know, having gone on estrogen and seeing those changes in your skin. I know that for some people it can be a little chaotic when they are transitioning and kind of the effects that it has on the skin, but I'm so glad that it taught you the importance of like taking care of your skin, preventing long-term damage, exfoliating sunscreen, all that kind of stuff. You know, I love to hear everyone's kind of moment of realization when they you know come to the, the realization of like, oh, right, shit, I need thing. to take care of my skin. I can't just, you know, rely on genetics or whatever it may be. And so it's, it's cool to hear that because it is a unique experience, but much improved from sleeping in makeup and using a washcloth to <laughs> wipe it off. That's a, that's a big yeah, improvement. Yeah. I'm, I'm so happy to hear that you're like taking care of your skin now. And and yeah, I, I want to jump into the questions. And like I, you know, as someone who's been able to watch a lot of your content um, and who's really enjoyed it, um, I think, you know, there are so many different, you know, issues you kind of touch on when it comes to not only the LGBTQIA plus community, but also, you know, uh, trans identity and trans individuals. And um, first off, the, the thing that I love about your content is that it's you as a trans person speaking to these issues, because I can't tell you how many times I get so annoyed seeing people who have not... You know who are not trans who haven't transitioned or who who aren't a part of that community speaking on behalf of the community. I'm just like, shut up, shut up, stop talking. (laughs) Yeah. like We need to listen to the people who actually are, you know, have experienced this. And, and that's, I think one thing that's so valuable about your content, but I want to hear what uh, your perspective on the representation of trans individuals in social media and that atmosphere and kind of what your current opinion is on it, because there have been more trans creators that have started to, you know, pop up across all social media platforms and what what are your thoughts on that are you encouraged by it are you skeptical of it like what is your overall opinion
1: um i am super excited about it i think that you know the trans community the visible trans community online has kind of shifted a lot since when i first started transitioning mm-hmm. Um, You know, when I first started transitioning, the people that I looked up to the most and, you know, no shade to them or anything Mm -hmm. like that. This is just how the community was. Um, It was always like, how pretty can I be? How Mm -hmm. feminine can I look? How, you know, passable can I be? Mm -hmm. Whatever, whatever. And it was always focused on the, you know, the beauty of transitioning. And, you know, transition is a beautiful thing. And it's, it's great when somebody can come into their skin and, you know, become a confident, powerful, you know, beautiful person. But I think that it's limited in, um, in some ways. Like, I don't know, when I was thinking of trans creators when I was growing up and my inspirations, it never, I would never want to look up to somebody that was just beautiful or just, you know, had a nice body or just something like that. It was, it, there's like a deeper element for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's, the, that's the shift that I've really seen happening now, especially on like TikTok, mm-hmm. you know, with like... Dylan and um, like, I think her name is Viandra. Mm -hmm. They're doing a lot more content that it's like, this has been my experience. This is what it's like living as a trans person. This is like how I feel, you know what I mean? It's not just, hey, look at me, look how pretty I am. Look at like the shock factor of being trans. Um, And I think that that's really, really important and vital to greater acceptance of the trans community. We have to show that we're more than just a pretty person now. You know what I mean? We're, we're people. We're still people deep down. Exactly. We may be beautiful, but like
0: (laughs) we're people too. Yeah. I love that you touched on that because I think, you know, people, uh, (laughs) our culture has oftentimes fixated on the wrong elements of beauty when it comes to the transitioning experience. You know, like, for example, the very first YouTuber I ever watched was Gigi Gorgeous. And, you know, like, love her videos, <laughs> like, absolutely, like, was obsessed with her. Um, but I think so much of the attention surrounding her, you know, experience as a trans person was focused on the acclimation to traditional beauty standards, rather than you know, her unique perspective and journey, um, as a trans individual. Um, and like, obviously I, I respect her so much because she championed in so many ways, you know, uh, trans visibility on social media. Um, but I think since then on TikTok, it's been so cool to see so many different facets of, of the community, um, specifically the trans community and individual experiences and it opening up broader than kind of like what you were saying, just focusing on a beautiful face, you know, just focusing on those, you know, um, Uh, And you can provide a perspective on this, but, you know, I definitely I'm not even trans and I see the intense pressure and expectation on trans people to acclimate and kind of uh, replicate the most intense of like traditional beauty standards and like, you know, with trans medicalism and like all these different things, like these perspectives really putting pressure on people to just be like, I have to be the epitome of a woman or a man. And unless I'm that, then, you know, I'm, I'm don't feel fully accepted as a trans person. And I feel like from my, from what I've been able to see, TikTok specifically has really reformed that has been reforming that in a lot of ways um and changing the way people you know perceive trans individuals but i, I don't know if you agree with that um that, that's just what i firstly see i know
1: i yeah i 100 percent agree and i think it's important to point out that like when people were like when Gigi gorgeous was like you know the first person that i saw as well mm-hmm. when i was watching her she it's not like she was doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like she was herself. She was beautiful. Yeah. She was all these things. And I think that that is what the world needed at the yep, time. I, I think that people needed to see that transgender people can look like anything. We can be beautiful too. We can be, you know, what whatever, the girl next door, if you want to say. <laughs> um, but now that we've really gotten our foot in the door, mm-hmm. it's opening up past that. It's, it's, what else do we have to offer besides like, surface level literally yeah
0: yeah it's it's super encouraging to see and and i personally love like anyone who's listening or watching i highly encourage you to follow uh, to make an effort to follow more trans creators on tiktok well all social media platforms but i'd say they're i've seen the most on tiktok as with you know any creators um to really you know listen to their stories and hear their perspectives because i think the you know diversifying of the conversation is really important. It's so important to hear from so many different people what their uh, experiences and life journeys have been um, in order just for us to to be more empathetic. And I think it's encouraging to see. And for me personally, like I follow, you know, a bunch of different trans creators. Like I'm constantly to my friends, like telling them to walk, go like watch like a Contra points or cat cat black on YouTube or like, you know, other yes. creators because I just absolutely love them. And I I've seen how there's, I guess for lack of a better term, quite a divide in the type of, you know, trans creators that, that you see online. And it, it's definitely also, I think caused a divide in, in, not caused a divide, but revealed a divide in in the viewers. Um, whether it, you know be contrapoints or Blair White, uh, you know you see very split conversations and just a lot of variety. Um, and I wanted to ask you, like, what what your personal thoughts are on the prevalent voices within the trans creator creators online, and kind of what you've been able to see in that you know d- divisive conversation i don't want to say divisive like like people are trying to divide it but i'm sure you've seen how there's just very yeah, different no. conversations going on what are your thoughts yeah. are on that
1: i don't think i don't think there people are trying to divide yeah. i think like you said there just is a divide mm-hmm. um i mean i'll just start off by saying i love contrapoints yes. i love cap black shout out to yes. them. With them um amazing content love mm-hmm. them love them um As for the other (laughs) (laughs) one, I'm just (laughs) kidding. I'm just kidding. There is a definite, (laughs) there is is a a wide um, variety of people online, of trans creators online. And I think that's a great thing. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, everybody deserves to have a voice. Everybody deserves to share their opinions. And I think more than that, they're going to reach more people. More people are going to be able to connect and find their identities when there are very, very diverse, you know, conversations going Mm -hmm. on. Um, that being said, my only issue is like, like the grifting, Mm -hmm. like like when people say things for a specific reason, or maybe even they exaggerate the truth, or they lie, or they do whatever to paint the community or individuals in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Um, that's what I don't really like about certain sides of the community. Mm -hmm. But, um, I think that having that diversity, like we've been talking about, and that the difference of opinion is healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, you know there are conservative people or traditional people whatever you want to say that are trans mm-hmm. and they want to see somebody that you know has similar morals to them and can help them through their transition and i think that that is great mm-hmm. um i think that we just have to be really really careful about the information that we put out there when i just think that we need to be careful yes. about the information that we put out yeah, there yeah i mean i <laughs> i'll just yeah, say that. that's
0: that's honestly a really mature perspective because I agree with you in any facet of life, like it is so important that we hear all sides of uh, you know, an issue of a viewpoint of pr- just that we, like I said before, diversify our information streams in order to understand as many perspectives as possible. And I think that it is important that we're hearing, you know, just, completely contradictory viewpoints in order to you know like better understand so we can question and we can commit to improving um, and you know bettering our society I, I think that is really important but like you said I think there is a fine line um, and you know obviously I'll just preface everything I say in this, this is me, as someone who is a part of the LGBTQI+ plus community, but is also not a trans person. So this is purely from a more you know s- spectator standpoint, but um, I think it relates to a lot of other issues too. I think there is a fine line that needs to be drawn when it comes to the way communities are spoken about and represented and the conversations that are being encouraged within communities outside of our own, um, because you know, it's it's important say, for me in, in my personal opinion, to hear conservative viewpoints of, say, you know, even like trans people who are conservative. Um, I think it's important to, you know hear that out. But I all and I think also their viewpoint is valuable because in conservative spaces, it can start to open up more conservative people's minds in order to realize, you know, for them the most basic understanding that like, oh, trans people are human beings who deserve our respect you know right <laughs> i think that is <laughs> they're not monsters <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> i'm like that is important which i which was why i think it's valuable but i also think there is a fine line that needs to be drawn in the us like the me versus them mentality in the the ego exactly, that can kind yeah. of come alongside wanting to uh, make a distinguished uh, distinction between you and the trans community the LGBT plus community you know whatever it may be I think there is kind of harm and damage that can come from that and by lumping a whole very diverse group of people into one archetype and kind of classifying me versus them I know I'm speaking a little bit more conceptually because I like don't want to like you know (laughs) like drag anyone (laughs) but but I don't know what are are your thoughts on that
1: No, I I agree 100%. It's become kind of something that it's um, like our side, like you said, our side versus their side instead of both of us versus an issue. Um, And nothing gets done. Nothing 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 changes. No new information is learned. No perspectives are really changed when we can't focus on the actual information and um, just think about it like that. You know what I mean? People are too caught up in winning. They're not here to have a conversation. They're here to win.
0: Yes, exactly. And that like, I could go on a huge tangent about the problem with, and I even want to get your opinion on that too. The the problem with pervasive moral superiority in social media and the way people weaponize social issues um, in order to kind of elevate their own sense of them being right rather than them caring about the actual issue the actual people who are being affected and you know who is being hurt and that goes for any community like i've i've seen that so often you know in in um you know spaces with people of color and black individuals um you know uh, and say for example white people you know like weaponizing um their you know that group's social issues in order to make themselves feel better about themselves because i'm right and you're wrong it becomes a very like toxic just spiral of behavior that i've noticed is sometimes encouraged online where i'm just like okay whoa, whoa whoa, let's take a step back are we even focusing on visuals um you know uh, and say for example white people you know like weaponizing right. um they you know that groups social issues in order to make themselves feel better about themselves because i'm right and you're wrong it becomes a very like toxic just spiral of behavior that i've noticed is sometimes encouraged online, right. where literally, just like, okay, the, whoa, whoa, whoa the, let's take a step back. Are we even focusing like that on trying to like Johnny help Jeff, the people that we're talking about? Are we even trying to like right. focus on like getting them out of those issues, like changing, you know, the way society treats them and changing, the, you know, the all the things that they have to go through? Or are we more concerned about us being able to feel like we're a better person than other people because we're right? Like, oh, it makes me so right. frustrated. What your the, thoughts are?
1: The, I feel like the whole Johnny Depp, Amber Heard situation is like yes. a perfect example for this. Yes, um, Of course, you know, domestic violence, awful. We don't like, mm-hmm. you know, all of these things are awful. Everybody wants to be on the right side. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like as soon as the, like one TikTok came out about Amber Heard where she was like looking a certain way or like mm-hmm. doing something weird, this, like, this whole storm came on yeah. her. And like, I mean, I'm not even saying whether or not she was gu- guilty, not guilty, yeah. deserved what she got, whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's just the fact that everybody piled on and didn't give space for the case to even unfold the way it was going to. You know what I mean? Exactly.
0: Like, yeah, like that whole it's, situation, it's dangerous. It re- that revealed like a whole underbelly of sexism that I think was like very prevalent. Yeah. But it also just comes out of like, for me, where I'm wondering, I'm like, why do we have to take sides like the world is a complete gray area it is so complex there are so many things where like with like we as individuals have so many good elements and we have so many bad elements and to position ourselves as like one single archetype of say a good person and then characterize another person as a single archetype of like a bad person and then to engage in conflict in that way um is so unhealthy because I'm like whoa we're completely limiting yeah, like ourselves of the world view and the understanding that people are complicated the world is complicated and limiting people to one you know stereotype in order to make ourselves feel better about ourselves because I'm right, right. And you're wrong it's it's so frustrating <laughs> right. to see and what as I see like the world start to you know like become more open-minded, you know, it d- depends where, but I'd say like overall as the world, you know, slowly starts to get better when I see this regression in the social media space, I'm just like, no, what are we
1: doing? No, right. you know, oh, it's, so it's, like a, it's, it's, a, it's like a double-sided sword too. Cause like mm-hmm. you're limiting them. You're not letting them grow or change because if you just label them as a bad person, they're not going to listen to you.
0: Exactly. They're not
1: going to hear you out. They're not going to be open to changing their mind on anything. Yeah. So that doesn't help. But then also you get into this mindset of I'm always right. I always know what's best. Mm-hmm. And then you stop taking in new information as well. And that's just embarrassing. Like you can't, <laughs> you can't you be out here asked? like, yeah. <laughs> right? Like you, are you not listening to yourself? Like you're saying some crazy things right now. Just take it in. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, people just, humility is a very, very important thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I'm guilty of it too. You know, I yeah. get into I've gotten into streaks on YouTube where I'm like doing good and, you know, I'm making good posts, good like comments, whatever. And then, you know, it just keeps rolling and I'm like, well, this is how I feel about this. This is how I feel about this. This is how I feel about that. And you kind of have to take a step back and think like, let me hear them out. Let me take all this in and then I can decide. You know what I mean? I'm very guilty of or I have been in the past guilty of letting people dictate my opinions without um, really digging in. And especially when you're a creator online and making content, it's it's not a good thing to do.
0: Yeah. And that's one of the things that I respect about you and your content so much is because that takes a lot of self-reflection. And it's human nature, uh, you know, to feel that pressure from people who are around us or people who are in community and, you know, just... Uh, assume every, you know, like, uh, opinion or belief that they have and not do, you know, not listen to the other side, um, and just kind of become more swallowed up in the worldview of the people that we surround ourselves with. It's, it's a challenge to have to put yourself in situations or have to have conversations with people who do disagree with you, but it is so necessary. I think in my opinion, not only from, uh, you know, and. Individual perspective where it can help your worldview, but also for the other person. Like, so I, I studied um, conflict resolution and uh, intercultural peace building when I was in college. And one of the things that was so important about resolving conflict is the need for like mediation, the need to sit down, talk to the underperson and take the time to truly understand their viewpoint. Because not only does it help you be able to have a better understanding of the issue, but it also shows to the other person that you are willing to take the time to understand them. And, you know, um, that can be so world changing because then it limits the risk of just putting another person in a box and just being like, oh, well, they're just, they're just one of those. And I hate those people. So, you know, screw them. Um, and instead it encourages that like empathy. And that's what I think is really prevalent in your content is that you are willing to take the time and just sit down, see other people's viewpoints. You, from what I've seen with your opinions, you know, you definitely have more complex ideas and opinions, uh, uh, like, um, I can tell in your videos that you're not just kind of like saying what the people want you to say, but you're really like saying what your personal opinions are, even if it might cause a firestorm in the comment section, even though it might (laughs) not be synonymous with maybe what a lot of people in the LGBTQIA plus community might say, you really stick to your guns. and, And I think that's really impressive.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And, um, you know, I'll always stick to my guns, but don't, I'm listening too. I hear you. Like I'm not just, I'm taking it in. I'm reading the comments, but, um, (laughs) yeah, no, of course I'm always going to, I'm always going to speak my mind. Yeah. I love that.
0: Yeah. And, and on that note, I would, oh, sorry. You go.
1: No, it's okay. I had something that I was like in my head, but I forgot. So (laughs)
0: good. Um, on the note of you really, you know, um, speaking your opinions. Um, and I I wanted to ask you kind of an issue that I've seen really blow up, um, just online in the world, that's getting a lot of buzz and where there's so many different viewpoints on and very strong opinions are on there's been recently a lot of controversy over the move towards providing transition services to, minors. And um, I've seen people within the trans community who are supportive of this people who are completely against it. And I personally have been just trying to like, see as many different opinions as possible from trans people in order to get like a better understanding. And I'm genuinely curious of what like, your thoughts are on this, um, considering, you know, your personal journey, but also that it is just such a dividing conversation, even within the trans community.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um I want to start by saying that of course, you know, I think that protecting children and the safety of children is super super important. Mm-hmm. It's vital. I'm not out here saying, you know, they're just kids, let them do whatever mm-hmm. they want, you know what I mean? That's not at all my my viewpoint. Um but I also want to say that I am supportive of, you know, providing those services to minors when it is appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um So, there's a there's a lot to like mention, a lot to talk about with mm-hmm. this kind of things. Um, firstly, when we're talking about transition services for minors, most of the time it's it's not people think that it's like bottom surgery and they're you know going through all these major changes. When a young child is transitioning, they're really just changing their clothes, maybe changing their name, changing their pronouns, all very social stuff, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? stuff that if they decide or they, they grow out of it, then um, they can switch their name back, they can switch their pronouns back and no harm has been done. You know, they figure themselves out along the way and, you know, everything's great. Um, There is a conversation when it comes to, like, puberty blockers and when to start giving minors hormones and stuff like that. And I think that this is something that should be obviously taken care of with a, you know, medical professional. I don't Mm -hmm. think that some random person on the internet should be telling you what to do with your child. Um, But I think that what's going on right now is, kids are going and they're recognizing that they're transgender. They're recognizing the discomfort that they feel. And they're presenting that to their doctors. They're presenting that to their parents or whoever they trust. And that is the medical, you know, intervention for people who are trans is to provide these, these treatments. Mm-hmm. Um, so when people say, well, they're kids, they, they shouldn't be able to, you know, get hormones or get this or get that. First of all, it, you get hormones at like 13, 14. I just want to clarify <laughs> that. But you do, yes. um, <laughs> it, it's, not that young Mm -hmm. but um we provide medical interventions to children all the time like it's not like it's just trans things that we're giving kids like the puberty blockers that they prescribe to you know minors sometimes they've been giving kids since 1990s 1980s they're fda approved they're safe like Mm -hmm. it's just the fact that they're giving them to trans kids Mm -hmm. that people have a problem with it now it's just the trans Mm -hmm. um so I think that the whole issue has just become way over political, way over politicized. Yeah. Sorry. Um, and I think that it's been done purposely. Mm-hmm. I think that the opposition knows that fear is their best tactic to, you know, winning against the trans community. And so that's what they're going to do. They started off with trans women are going to come in your bathrooms and they're going to assault mm-hmm. you. Yep. That didn't yep. work, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they went on to, oh, they're, they're going to come after your children. Yep. They're going to make all your children gay. They're going to make your children transition. Yeah. It's whatever way to, you know, make us seem like the bad guy when in reality we're just trying to save kids' lives. Sorry. Yeah, just like trying
0: to not like make kids' lives miserable and have to, you know, the, the whole purpose of the community growing and evolving and representation is what I would hope so that future generations don't have to go through the same awful things that, you know, we experience specifically trans individuals. And I love that you touched on, I'm grateful that you touched on, you know, the way that it is over politicized because I have been horrified by a lot of the headlines and articles and the way that the, just the malicious way that they speak to this issue with really no understanding of the individual experience of the medical, you know, um, processes and, and the, you know, um, all the conversations that that individual has had with their parents and doctors, like all that different kind of stuff. And every time I've seen like these articles that essentially position themselves as like, they're coming after your kids. How dare they do this to children? You know, they're destroying the future generation, blah, blah, blah. And the the, like facts that they use every time I've dug into them, I'm just like, whoa, they are not only blowing this way out of proportion, but they are manipulating people to believe a reality that is very different than what is actually going on. And I think like, and this goes for so many different minorities or just social issues. I I get so bothered by individuals wanting to generalize an entire group of people and what an entire group of people should be doing without having any understanding or empathy for the individual experiences of those people. Like, I get so bothered when people say like, people shouldn't let their kids transition, blah, 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 or whatever it may be, because I'm like, you are like, you're completely ignoring the individual journey of every single person that's going through that, the individual decisions they make and that their parents help them make and that their medical providers help them make and all of the different, not to mention the fact that people are really, in my opinion, like blatantly ignoring all of the steps you have to go through to even get hormones, to even get medication, to get to that process. It's a very lengthy process. And so I I get so annoyed seeing people wanting to have a, you know, like one decision needs to be made. One generalization needs to be made for this entire community of people. When I'm like, why can't we just leave that up to their doctors, leave that up to their family, leave that up to the individual, and just not speak for everyone, Mm -hmm. you know?
1: Right, like when did we start like getting into people's medical business? That's yeah. so weird.
0: Like, yeah, it's so and especially
1: weird. children, especially children. Like, you're you're talking about a child's medical things. Like, just calm down. Like, it's Fox News. You you have other things to report on. <laughs> yes,
0: there are way more important <laughs> things to be talking about rather than like you know an yeah. individual's medical journey that they are deciding in with their family. It's it's so just like. Why yeah, are we focusing like, on this? <laughs>
1: Susie down the road did not just wake up and say, I'm gonna go on hormones today. I'm let's go let's go, you know, get my surgery done tomorrow. It's gonna be so fun. Like it's a very yeah, like you said, it's a very, very lengthy and difficult process. Like I transitioned at um seventeen. I started hormones at seventeen mm. and I had to do like a twelve week twelve week program with my therapist to make sure that I qualified to beyond hormones, but that, to make sure that I actually had gender dysphoria, to make sure I actually, you know, needed these services. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say that it is something that I am in support of, of mm-hmm. going to, you know, a gender therapist, a doctor, whoever, a medical professional, and being evaluated, making sure that you are in, you know, the right state of mind, making sure that, um, you know, this is the right thing for you, because these things are serious, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? They are, hormones can be irreversible, surgeries are irreversible, and I think that people should have guidance with it, um, but also I know that there is an issue of accessibility and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, and it's it's a complicated issue. Yeah. But
0: yeah, definitely.
1: I just wanted to say that I think going the safest way is always the best way.
0: Yeah. Okay. And I was literally going to ask you about that. Like, what what are your thoughts on kind of like the currently existing, you know, check check and balances and like the you know going to a gender therapist and and going through all of that. And so thank thank you for sharing that because you know like. I feel like for any any person that, you know, struggles with their identity, has, you know, um, mental mental health complications and trans individuals specifically have so many, you know, uh, can have so many mental health complications because of the very traumatizing experience of not being born into the, you know, the body that you're supposed to be born into um, with anything like that within the mental health space. Uh, It is so valuable to to go to a therapist, to, you know, talk about treatments, to talk about medication, to make sure that, you know, it's really the right fit in order to best support the individual. And so I'm glad to hear your perspective on that, because I think, like you said, people are blowing because it's a trans issue. People are blowing it out of proportion when I'm just like, this should be treated just like every other individual medical uh, you know, uh, medication mental health focused issue. Why are we focusing right. on it so
1: much? <laughs> you know? Right, exactly. it's it's getting kind of weird now. I like know, I know. it's just a prescription. I don't know what to do. Thank you, Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: I I mean I also want to ask you like um w- when you see kind of the conversation happening and you see everything happening in the media and just all the you know the bullshittery of it all um what do you, I love that word <laughs>
1: what,
0: what do you think people get wrong when discussing uh trans issues specifically because you have the benefit of being able to read through comment sections and dms you really have a very unique and valuable perspective
1: on that so what, what do you think people get wrong I think that Honestly, just going, not even going along with the whole conversation, but the whole conversation has kind of pointed it out. I think that people just think it's a political issue. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, there are going to be policy matters that affect transgender people. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, you know, just the nature of the beast. Is that the expression? I don't know. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, um, Trans individuals are not inherently political. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just a person living my life. I just did what I had to do to be happy. I did what I had to do to live a life that I was comfortable with. Yep. It's not me trying to make a statement. It's not me trying to come after your children or invade your spaces. It's literally me just trying to survive. Um, And so I think if people could kind of take a step back from the Fox News headlines Mm -hmm. and the policies that are coming out every single day attacking literal children, Mm -hmm. um, they would maybe start to see that we're just trying to survive.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I think that's super, super valuable. And yeah, like uh, even the irony of <laughs> you know, trans people just wanting to live, yet the people who are claiming that trans people are coming after children are the exact ones. Who are politicizing children, exploiting children for their purpose? Like, oh, don't even get me started mm. on that because mm, it's yeah. a whole, <laughs> 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 it's a whole mess. But that's what it really comes down to. You know, I can only relate in, in my personal experience as you know being gay. But it, it, I feel like for me, it's, it's a similar thing where I'm just like, just let gay people love who they want to love. It's not a comp, it's not a political issue. It's not a complicated issue. It should not be difficult to understand why are we right. having the same energy with trans people and, and even even worse. And that, that kind of leads to my next question. Like within the LGBTQIA plus community, you know, <laughs> I'll just be brutally honest, underneath a pretense of acceptance, there is still rampant transphobia um, particularly, you know, perpetrated by white gay men, I will say it, it's, it's just the reality. Um, I, white don't gay know. <laughs> just I mean, you know, white gay cis men are oftentimes, like, the biggest perpetrators of this. And I, you know, having... When I initially came into the community, I was like, oh, my God, you know, rainbow flags, acceptance. Like, this is such a community of so much love. This is amazing. And then as I've, you know, become... You know, as I've seen the behaviors of the community more and more often, I'm just like, wow, I'm horrified by just the amount of transphobia that is still so prevalent within our community that is supposed to be a safe space that is supposed to be about love and acceptance. And I like want to hear your thoughts on like how we um, in the you know LGBT community, specifically we white gay cis men <laughs> of, can, you know, better supports trans
1: individuals within our own community? Uh, That's a great question. I'm glad that you asked that. Um, I mean, first of all, I think that you just wanting to know, you just asking this question is already a good sign that you are, you know, on our side, you're a true ally. Um, (laughs) But I, but I think that, you know, it's the same things that I would tell somebody who is a straight person that wants to be a really good ally is Mm -hmm. it's those things like signal boosting or like you know, correcting somebody in private or standing up in private when the trans people aren't necessarily there Mm -hmm. to show that, you know, like, no, I'm not just doing that because they're sitting next to me. I'm doing that because that's who they are. That's, you know, you know what I mean? I'm not just, it's not a show for them. It's um, just a matter of what you do. Mm -hmm. I think that that is really, really helpful, especially when it comes from somebody that you relate to so closely. Like if it's another white cis gay man saying like, hey, transphobia is not cool, then yeah. It might stick a little louder than if it was, you know, a straight guy telling you that all the LGBTs are going to hell or something. But <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> exactly, I—it's I, a good question. I mean, I'm trying to think if there's anything like—I
0: mean, I think you're absolutely like right in the sense of like, you know, and this goes for a lot of different spaces. I think this is very prevalent in, you know. Um, Uh, other other minorities too when it comes to you know say like uh the treatment of black people or people of color like the power of uh, another white individual to correct call out and you know help another person to change their you know like say racist or closed-minded behaviors unfortunately it's you know as much as we would want to believe that a trans person speaking um to these specific issues would be enough for you know, we as a community to change our minds. Sometimes, you know, the call really does have to come from inside the house, where it has, you know, the another person who is, you know, white gay, cis, whatever it may be, um, needs to correct, you know, um, other white gay, cis men in order to make, uh, you know, lasting impact and you know, change that perspective. As unfortunate as that reality is, I, I completely agree with you. I think, I think it comes down to like calling out other people when we see that, like, you know, when, when we, when we are seeing behaviors in our community of like people saying like, I don't, you know, I don't, date trans people, you know, b- because they're trans or like, I, you know, I don't want trans people at clubs or like all these different things that I've seen where I'm just like, holy shit, what is wrong with people? Mm, we're like, still saying that. Oh, I know. God. I'm like in 2022, what the fuck is wrong with us? <laughs> you know, like, okay, um, literally. you know, calling those moments out and saying like, Hey, that's not cool. Hey, you should not, you know, be saying that, Hey, you know, showing them a, a different worldview. I think that's, that's really right. valuable. And they're
1: also, yeah. And it also takes some of the weight off of the trans person. You know what yes. I mean? Like trans people don't want to have to be that advocate all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I'm in a unique position where this is what I signed up for. Like I'm out here talking about these issues all the time and I love it. But for the average trans person, we're just trying to live our day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. We don't want to have to fight this battle every day. It's heavy and it's it's exhausting. Um, so when we have allies, especially allies that are in our community like you, that can help with the battle. It's it's heartwarming. Oh,
0: well, thank you. I mean, hey, it's, it's our responsibility, you know, and I love that you touched on that, too. Like, trans people, you have already had to go through the trauma and just the overwhelmingly difficult life experience of having to transition in a world that is very heteronormative. It is not your responsibility, and we should not expect you know you or other trans individuals to have to babysit the rest of us to have to like tell us why you deserve to exist why you deserve to be accepted like that is not your responsibility like you have your own life you have your own things that you've already gone through and have to continue to go through in this really difficult world i think you know and and i'm speaking to other Gay Cis men, it is our responsibility and role to stand up for for the individuals that we are seeing in our community that are being mistreated. And we should not put that pressure expectation on you. So I'm calling all of us out. <laughs> Anyone who's listening, we need we need to do better, you know? Um, and and so thank you for sharing that, because I think I think that's important. Yeah. And then the last question I want to ask, and then we'll wrap it up. Um you are in a space that you know with the type of content that you create you are constantly having to consume and give your perspective on pretty overwhelming content that is a lot of times just like debating the validity of your existence and that's a lot to take in as an individual and especially as as one who has gotten to this point i imagine of self-acceptance of being you know getting to this incredibly celebratory, you know, uh, moment of being able to like really fully be yourself and be truly authentic to yourself. Like you have your own life, you have your own things that you've already gone through and have to continue to go through in this really difficult world. I think, you know, and, and I'm speaking to other gay cis men, it is our responsibility and role to stand up for, for the individuals that we are seeing in our community that are being mistreated and we should not put that pressure expectation on you. So I'm calling all of us out. <laughs> Anyone who's listening, we need we need to do better, you know. Um, and and so thank you for sharing that because I think I think that's important. Yeah. And then the last question I want to ask, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, you are in a space that you know with the type of content that you create you are constantly having to consume and give your perspective on pretty overwhelming content that is a lot of times just like debating the validity of your existence and that's a lot to take in as an individual and especially as as one who has gotten to this point i imagine of self acceptance of being you know getting to this incredibly Celebratory, you know, uh, moment of being able to like really fully be yourself and be truly authentic to yourself. Do you ever feel like mental health ramifications of having to consume and react to and speculate and talk about content that is so deep and heavy? Like, uh, and and if so, how do you prioritize your mental health and how do you really make sure that you're in a good mental space having to deal with all this bullshittery? <laughs>
1: Bullshitter, yes. And one more time with the bullshitter, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it's very, very heavy. It is um, quite overwhelming at times. I think that I, I try my best to put on this hard face, you know, this tough face. And for the most part, I do have a very thick skin. Um, but it does get to be a lot. You know what I mean? Like, I can watch these videos, I can react to them and say, yeah, that's that's silly. That's you know, ridiculous. Why would they say that? But then, you know, I'll be sitting there and I'll be having a rough mental health day. And then some of those thoughts will come in the back of my head and they will be like, maybe you're just confused. And it's like, Uh, girl, I'm not confused, but I really don't want that in the back of my head right now. Like, come on. Um, So it it is heavy and it is a lot. Um, So I think that the direction that I've kind of been going with my channel more lately, where I've been incorporating more, you know, just my daily life. Like I've been doing vlogs of like vacations. I've been doing Mm, stuff with like, Yeah. It's fun. And like, um, more like beauty content stuff that I just like really, really enjoy doing. Um, it's a nice break from all the bullshittery, if you will. Um, (laughs) yeah, but I love the bullshittery. I love calling people out too. So I'm definitely not going to (laughs) stop, but it's nice to space it out a little bit so I can give myself time to, you know, keep my, my skin thick.
0: Yeah, that's good. Hey. And you know, I, as a viewer, I, you know, want to say that, you know, I've, fully support that, like prioritize your mental health first. Cause sometimes when I watch your videos, I'm just like, damn, this is who, this is heavy stuff. Like, I hope, I hope she's like mentally. Okay. I hope you're, you you know, like doing good. So like we as viewers, you know, support you taking time to, and love, you know, when you create other content and stuff like that. So I just want to like, put that out there, because I, I, do, I really you know, appreciate that. admire nice. your content, but I also want you to be okay, you
1: know? <laughs> oh my god, thanks. And so, so do I, shoot. <laughs> thank you, I appreciate that.
0: Of course, of course. I mean, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I, this has literally been like, such a good conversation, because I think, these just conversations need to be happening. And so I really value, you know, your perspective based off your life experiences and just being willing to come on and talk about it. Um, for anyone who's watching, where can they find you on social media?
1: Um, so you can find me over on YouTube at Samantha Lux. I have Instagram, Twitter, underscore Samantha Lux. My TikTok is, I believe, underscore Samantha Lux, then another underscore. I, need to fix mm-hmm. it. I don't know why there's so many underscores. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's me. Go watch, go check it out. Like, subscribe, um, all yes. that stuff. And yeah, 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 yeah. thank you so much for having me here. It's been, you know, great chatting with you. I'm very, very grateful for this, this space that you've created. And yeah, it's just been really, really nice.
0: Of course. Yeah. Thank you for those kind words. Yeah. It's been so awesome to have you on. And yes, everyone who is listening and watching, please go subscribe to her channel. Go watch her TikToks. Um, I promise you will learned so much and it'll be really really eye-opening if you haven't already make sure you subscribe to the just position youtube channel and also go stream just position on any of the platforms where you listen to your podcast whether that be spotify or apple or odyssey and this is a production of cadence 13 and odyssey studio new episodes are out every single thursday and thank you guys so much for watching i really appreciate you guys and we will see you in the next episode